1: This crowd rises to its feet. Pacharo slammed it home. Garland left wing, free ball, perfect. Garland of the lane, locked him. Only pow. And
2: Allen blocked the shot at the rim. Pow with the left hand and a foul. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Cavs Media Family. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The Chase Down is presented by FUBO TV. Watch over 100 channels of live sports and TV for half the cost of cable. There's no contract and no commitment. Try for free at FuboTV.com. The Cleveland Cavaliers are once again streaking with a statement win over the Milwaukee Bucks. And speaking of all the way back, my co-host Carter Rodriguez is in the house. Carter, how are you doing, buddy?
1: Oh Justin, I, I show up when it matters, you know. Uh after after a, a a week away on a work trip. Thank you so much for covering me. Oh, we're back on a banger, my friend. Uh the Cavaliers <laughs> absorb a furious uh charge from the Bucks uh to over to overcome uh, a Cavalier double digit lead and they hang on. They win by 8 um and man, uh does it feel good. Uh this team is one game out of the best Record in the entire NBA. Woo! Uh, And I am just so damn impressed. It absolutely was
2: a statement win a, a massive massive win. I think you and I are on the same page that we both have the Milwaukee Bucks as the best team in the NBA. And for my money, I think the two best teams in the NBA are in the Eastern Conference in both the Bucks and Celtics. I give them the nod, but the Cleveland Cavaliers are right there in terms of regular season performance, which is basically the best-case scenario. That this is what we've been hoping for and getting this win over Milwaukee is absolutely massive, especially on a night where Brooklyn got another win, and Boston dropped a, a game to the Indiana Pacers. So uh, the Cavs are in a great spot. And, I, uh, man, where, where do you even want to start with this one? Because I, I, I think we should probably start with just how good of a start it was for the Cavs in this game. They set the tone early on, similar to what we saw in that last game in Milwaukee, uh, where they kind of really came out, set the tone, um, absorbed some runs from the Bucks. And I thought that the way that they closed quarters in the first half was massive, especially when you end up looking at the end result of the game and how much closer Milwaukee was able to make it.
1: I mean, I'd say close quarters uh, in all four quarters. I mean, I think the Bucs uh, hard-charged in, in each spot. And, uh, you know, I, I've made no secret that I think this is the best team in the league. They might, I might think they're the best team in the league when they don't have Chris Middleton. Uh, yep. That's how highly... Uh, I think of this roster and how highly I think of Giannis, who I think is the best player in the world. They just Um, beat a very good
2: Pelicans team two nights before uh, in New Orleans, who who, they've been the cream of the West so far. So uh, Cream City, uh, Milwaukee Bucks have been rolling (laughs) with whoever they put in the lineup.
1: Yeah, so I I, I think that the Cavs really, um, you know, you're not going to have many games against a team of this caliber where you don't get punched in the mouth a few times. And, I uh, and, and boy, did those punches come, you know, Giannis, uh, I thought Jared played amazing defense on Giannis. I know no one wants to hear me start this pod praising the bucks, but I think it underscores how impressive the win was because I thought Jared Allen was playing unbelievable defense on Giannis and he had 45 points on, on 27 shots, 14 ports and four assists. Um, I I think, I think that goes to show you just how good he is and, and, and why, you know, everyone (laughs) who has to root against this guy is so scared of this Bucks team. But I thought the Cavs really absorbed the blows. Then, you know, when, when you can't get stops because a star is just going absolutely bananas, you got to find a way to manufacture buckets, manufacture points. The Cavs were able to do that each time. I thought Darius. Uh, really, really answered. He didn't have like a crazy efficient night nine of nineteen for twenty three points, but I thought almost every one of his nine buckets seemed to matter within the flow of the game. Yeah, um, and
2: especially that late one uh, over the arms of I believe both Giannis and Burke Lopez.
1: Yeah, heck of a shot from Darius, and then obviously Donnie. You know, uh, I mean, sixteen free throw attempts uh, to 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 match uh, Giannis, uh, and he was able to generate you know an angle or uh, and draw a foul every time. Uh, it mattered uh, every time they needed to, and it really, I think, slowed the Bucks' momentum. You know, nothing, nothing kills a run quite like getting to the line. Um, and I, I thought the Cavs did a really, really good job of weathering the storm. And man, just super proud of this team uh, for how they how they went out and won this game. Yeah, this is a game
2: that they lose earlier in the season, right? Like, I I think when you saw the calls not necessarily going their way, you know, frustrated, uh, defending Giannis is basically the most difficult thing to do because you kind of have to just stay with them, take the contact. And then it's basically on the officials to decide whether or not uh, you were moving enough, whether or not he was going straight into your chest. But uh, he's a running back. He's Marshawn Lynch. It just hits you over and over and over again. And you, you have to absorb those blows. And in a game where Evan Mobley got in foul trouble, when you didn't have the bodies of Dean Wade and Lamar Stevens to throw at Giannis and absorb some of that contact and absorb some of those fouls, this is a game that could get it out of hand uh, that the Cavs could have let slip away a lot of 50-50 calls um, some went the Cavs way some didn't Uh, they were frustrated at the calls but they didn't let that completely rattle them and we've been on the other side of games like this, especially when we had LeBron, where it's a meaningful game, uh, one of those measuring stick games. And Giannis did what superstars do. He does what the he did, what the best player in the game does, which is will his team back into this game. And this wasn't like the Bucks game that they had, a, I believe, a week or two ago against Memphis, where they got down by 20 early on and then just kind of pulled the plug. Right. The Bucks knew that this game mattered. This game mattered to both teams, and they completely just kept coming at the Cavs, kept coming at the Cavs. It's a game of run. Cavs responded with a bunch of runs of their own, and when it really kind of came down to it, the the Cleveland was able to find a way to win, and I'm just really, really impressed by this effort because even though a lot of things went their way, not everything went their way. I didn't think they uh, everyone had, like, outlier great games. I think they could play better than this, but... Against a defense as good as Milwaukee, the fact that when you needed to, you were able to trade buckets and you were able to get them when it counted, uh, I think, really says a lot about kind of the the growth and maturity that this team is showing in season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And another note that I think is uh, is kind of meaningful coming out of this one, I think it's really important that the Cav- I think the Cavs actually won this game with their offense. Uh, they they put up a one sixteen. Uh, offensive rating in this game. And, you know, their other marquee wins this year, as far as I'm concerned, especially both games against Boston, they were much more defensive struggles, um, Mm -hmm. where the Cavs' defense was at, you know, an unbelievable level, and, you know, and and they got just enough buckets to to win. I don't think that this was the case. I think when they ran their stuff, they generated great looks tonight against, uh, I think, you know, if other than the Cavs, the best defense in the league, <laughs> and and frankly, like, and I'll say this, I do think they have a higher defensive ceiling than the Cavs at this at this present moment. Yeah. Um. So, I I just was really pleased. You know, I I really think that they only kind of broke from what they should be doing a couple times, um, especially in in the fourth when Giannis was the lone big and they were kind of running pick and roll with Isaac instead of of pulling Giannis out of the paint. Once they pulled Giannis out of the paint, they were able to get some good looks. Um, but man, I, I just thought, you know, I thought they got everything they needed to get tonight. Like it wasn't uh, a hyper-reliant night on shot making for this team. I think I think their offense worked. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And and you're right. Coming into
2: this game, Milwaukee was the second best defense in the league behind the Cavs. That's no longer the case because the Cavs dropped a 116-0 rating on them. And now they're behind the Philadelphia 76ers. Like This is a really, really impressive win. And I think one of the other kind of um, important differences between this game and some of the ones you would have lost earlier this season was the good start. The Cavs' starting lineup throughout the season has been a bit of a struggle, where even in the wins, those lineups would come up with a negative uh, net rating overall, Um, just kind of trying to find something that works. And I thought Isaac Okoro has been fantastic over these last three starts. He's been doing exactly what you want to see. Um, Would have loved to see him knock down one of those three-pointers in the fourth quarter, but... I was encouraged by the fact that he took both of those shots without hesitating. Right. Like he's taking the, the looks that are available. He created additional opportunities uh, with his rebounding. And man, I, I don't think the bucks are going to be inviting Okoro over for Christmas anytime soon, because they kept repeating that they ruined his holiday and drew holiday was, <laughs> you com- are, <laughs> I, you're in trouble for that one, brother. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, I didn't even deliver it as well as I hope, but you know oh, what? Like- I-, I think you delivered it as well as that joke deserved. <laughs> Isaac what Okoro is absolutely ruined the Bucks' holiday. Drew Holiday was basically a non-factor in this game for the majority of it, especially when Okoro was in there. And you could tell he was bothered. He wasn't able to get his shot off, uh, left a bunch of them short, it was just frustrated overall. And that's exactly the type of point of attack defense that Okoro can bring that Basically, no one else on this roster is capable of that kind of game at the point of attack defensively. And when he's adding that with his ability to get out in transition, to push the pace, uh, the cutting that he's been doing recently, right? Like, this is the type of stuff that we wanted to see from Okoro. And honestly, this is the level of play we saw from Okoro in the preseason. And it just seemed like at the start of the year, oh, the, the confidence kind of went away from him I don't know if it was because he didn't get the starting job but it's nice to see him make the most of this opportunity because he's been really good and so has
1: that lineup in these last three games if you're watching on YouTube right now I mean the the amount of no chance uh field goal attempts that Drew Holiday put up against Okoro today um were truly I mean it was it was as locked down as it gets you know like Drew's great and obviously this is a good matchup for Isaac. Mm-hmm. Drew's greatest strength is his strength offensively, you know. He loves to bully uh smaller guards and he doesn't get to do that against Isaac and man, he was putting up some I mean just no just no shot shots. And you know, when with Middleton not in the game, like they really rely on uh Drew to create good offense when Giannis isn't the one creating it and uh yeah, you couldn't be more pleased with Isaac on the defensive end of the ball. I thought he also played really strong off ball defense. Um, you know, uh did had some nice dig, dig and recovers uh on Giannis drives. And then on the offensive side of the ball, three assists uh and two made threes, like I don't need more. <laughs> like no. I really don't. <laughs> like, obviously, like you want to get to the point where he is making enough threes that, you know. Teams want to close out on him, but in terms of like just raw output, I really don't need a ton more if he's going to play defense like that. Uh, than eight, three, and three. You mm-hmm. know, I, I maybe that's damning with faint praise, but like I, I, I really liked the game he played tonight, especially in the first half. And frankly, I thought he deserved more than twenty-five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that uh, the minutes that went to Karis to close the game should have gone to Isaac. Yeah, I. I
2: agree with that. I, I would have liked to see him come back a little sooner in the fourth quarter. I, I think the, the Bucks got a little too comfortable in that stretch. Um, but overall, just really pleased with him and that lineup in general. Uh, the Cavs starting five over these three games has a plus 10.7 net rating. Um, which is just, just awesome. Uh, that's kind of the, the first kind of time we've seen this year a starting lineup kind of really click in this way. So it'll be interesting to see if Lamar Stevens comes back, whether or not they go back to it. Uh, the Cavs do have a very good record when Lamar starts as well. Uh, so you don't know if JB maybe is going to uh, go with kind of the philosophy that you don't lose your job or starting job uh due to injury or or what the case may be but right now okoro definitely seems to be the hot hand and at the very least it's really encouraging because when he was struggling earlier in this year the whole reason that we said you have to ride this out is because this upside is here right like the what he can bring to the table is something that almost no one else on this team can at this level and and the just the the possibility of him being that three and D option, that glue guy, that kind of completes these lineups with with uh, the, the talent that the Cavs have at the guard and forward positions. It's it's enticing, right? And and even if it is just twenty four minutes a night of very good play from him, that could make a really really big difference, just like it has in these last three games.
1: Yeah, uh, just super super pleased with his effort. I've really enjoyed watching him get on transition. Um, he makes this team a little bit more athletic, a little more explosive uh, on the perimeter. Um, And yeah, uh, just a really, really nice stretch for Isaac. I think it's really something to build upon. I think, uh, again, it kind of shows that some players just kind of need to be around better, you know, more talent Mm -hmm. uh, to to thrive. I think your Tristan Thompson, uh, your guard Tristan Thompson uh, comp uh, has, has really helped, you know, Shown some merit mm-hmm. in in these last three games, and I've been really impressed. Can I slightly diverge to talk about how good I thought Donovan Mitchell was on defense in this game? Oh yeah, you, you can go there. I was I was going to go a different direction, but go go ahead. Oh my gosh the the play where he tied up Grayson Allen. Oh, he, he was playing he was playing two on one on defense, just scrambling. Between two good three-point shooters <laughs> and closing the gap each time, uh, when when I think they were expecting it to get easier, and then uh, played you know and with with balanced closeouts, um, this is the kind of that was the kind of nitty-gritty stuff that like is not particularly sexy. Mm-hmm. I thought he did so well tonight, and like a game like this, the way he was defending in crunch time really made me feel that much more comfortable that this is not going to be a problem in the postseason with him locked in if he's if he if he can play focused and he can play locked in like we all we always knew the physical talent was not an issue with him defensively but man i thought he really showed it tonight i thought he played really really strong defense on those bucks guards uh who you know are who can kill you yeah yeah i i completely agree honestly this was
2: this is one of those proof of concept games, right? Like when you put together this team, you make some concessions, right? They they moved on from Lowry Market and who worked incredibly well with Mobley and Allen. And it was great to see him uh, in Cleveland uh, in that Utah game. Uh, just, I'm, I'm going to continue rooting for Lowry, but you made some concessions there because you believe that this guard tandem could really work. And I thought Milwaukee very intentionally was trying to take away passing lanes from Darius Garland, right? Like they know that the, the Cavs offense, it starts with him. And I thought that the Cavs did a really good job of, okay, they're kind of cheating. They're taking away those passing lanes and all of a sudden Garland you know swings it to Mitchell who had six assists uh gives it up to Allen who had three assists and and continues to show his growth in that area Kevin Love with five assists uh Isaac Okoro uh chipped in with three assists right like um the the secondary playmaking is all there and that release valve when teams do kind of cheat over and try to take that away from Garland now you have other options when you wouldn't have had that last year and Uh, The fact that Mitchell provides that, he provides the 36 points, he provides the improved defense, like you said, like this is exactly what you wanted to see from this tandem. And I want to highlight Jared Allen. Uh, I thought he had his best game of the season, I I would argue. I think he's had bigger scoring outputs, but the beating that he took in this game, the the fact that he had to play 40 minutes with Mobley in foul trouble, uh, 8 of 10 shooting, I, I thought he made a lot of clutch hustle plays. Uh, the assist, like I mentioned, uh, got a steal. Probably uh, probably should have been credited for a block um, on, on the Giannis layup, but that's another story. Um, I, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. And this is probably a good time for us to mention, Carter, that all-star voting is open. And Darius Garland, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell Mitchell's the best guard in the Eastern Conference right now. And I've seen some people mention Darius Garland, like, oh, is he an all-star this year? He's averaging more points per game than he did pre-all-star break last season, and this team's a game out of first place. He is absolutely an all-star. Jared Allen deserves to be an all-star again. And you know what? Let's let's get greedy. Let's, let's get Evan Mobley in there, too, because he continues to improve. Vote early. Vote often. Get these guys in we i know we've sent some talent to Utah before but trust me the, if we send talent to Utah this time they will come back after the all-star break
1: yeah i mean i i think that there is a real case for this team to get to three all-stars uh you know as a starting point you know i still think mobley's not quite ready um you know relative and yeah, you know, four all stars pretty greedy. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean th- if it happens, great, but four is know. greedy. Four four is greedy. Right now my power
2: rankings would be uh Mitchell, Garland, Allen. But uh honestly, uh with how deep the talent is in the league right now, how with how deep the talent is in the Eastern Conference, like I, I think probably like two is a realistic hope. But I mean, if you want to get more in there, winning and, and taking care of these statement games is your and best. Voting path to it
1: and voting. Absolutely. Come on guys. Yeah. Make your daily vote. Is it still daily? <laughs> I think it's still daily. Yep, it's still daily. Awesome. Well, yeah, man. Uh I thought Jarrett was awesome tonight. I really think he did play about as good defensively on Giannis as you can. The fact that he did all that while only fouling once and staying in the game, that's nuts. Um it's really really important and like I I think it's one of those nights where, you know, you you hate to be cliché, um, you know, local high school basketball coach here, but the only number that I really care about with Jarrett's uh, box score tonight is plus 16. <laughs> um, dude played 40 minutes and they were plus 16 in those in those minutes. Look man, Um, cliches exist for
2: a reason And the only video conferencing app that I care about is Zoom Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Zoom Half a million businesses connect using Zoom A single platform for phone, chat, workspaces, events, apps, and video Zoom enables real-time collaboration for teams around the globe
0: Zoom how the world connects There's no distance too far for the perfect trip Hi, checking in for Or the perfect table Hey, where are you?
1: Absolutely, Justin. I don't know if I don't know if your transitions in, in puns are where they need to be today, but we'll get you there. You you
2: know it's it's okay. It's post game. I'm 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 a little tired. I, I'm still I'm still feeling
1: so hyped, man. I, yeah. I'm on a I'm on a high. Hands are a little shaky. I, I'll tell you this much, man. I tweeted this joke, but it's a, it's it's barely a joke. Is this is showed that game showed me that I'm not in game shape for playoff <laughs> basketball yet, because my heart was pounding through my chest like and i I tweeted this as well, I couldn't believe how long that fourth quarter took oh, like God. i I was I was crapping my pants and I looked at the clock, and there were seven minutes left. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> so you know it was uh man they they just keep coming and coming and coming they Giannis was so freaking good in this game but man Jarrett really I thought played an awesome game and we got to give Kevin his flowers because I think it has been a a, a, an immensely challenging month for Kevin Love Mm -hmm. um you know he's you know right now his season in general has been challenging you know he gets hurt um he's he's only averaging nine and seven right now uh in the month of December um it has not been, you know, a fun one. He's averaging 5.8 uh, points and, only, and six boards, shooting 35% of the field, 27 from three. And I thought he really steadied them tonight. I thought he played really, really good defense. You know, I thought his movement was really good. Um, you know, obviously, he's not going to ever be a perfect defender, but he led the team in rebounding. Um, he kept things moving on the offensive end. And uh and hit some timely threes when it mattered. Like I thought he was really really good. You know, yeah. nine nine and five is not exactly a needle mover line, but I was really impressed. I, I think that's a good show man. Like I honestly, it's. I think we're starting to see
2: some signs of life. Um, that he might be getting a little healthier. That the, the hand isn't bothering him as much. Uh, he's starting to get three pointers up at at a higher rate, and it's looking better coming out of his hand. So that's really encouraging. But. I agree with you. Like, th- this is the kind of like veteran leadership and glue guy things that you expect from Kevin Love. And, uh, we're, we're soon going to be getting a, another veteran back in Ricky Rubio. I think Brian Winhorse just said on the Hoop Collective that maybe first week of January might be a target. So, um, Help is going to be coming on the way, man. Like this team's getting into a groove and Ricky Rubio, Dean Wade. uh, I saw videos of him kind of participating in some light shoot arounds. Uh, He's a, I mean, he's a big part of this thing too, right? Like he makes a big difference. This is, this is exciting that the, the Caz are are starting to find a groove and it's going to be really important because that January schedule is a behemoth. Like it sucks. It's going to really, really kind of uh, be a measuring stick month for this team And you know what, the the funny thing is, we saw a game like this earlier uh, in Toronto, where where the Cavs kind of got blitzed on the road in Toronto. And we had mentioned the value of Toronto having that extended stretch at home, where you get to practice, where you kind of get to overcome some of the things that you've been working through and, and iron out some of the wrinkles. And I think we're seeing some of that with Cleveland right now. This extended homestand, having the opportunity to practice. You don't have to worry about traveling. Uh, you can start integrating some guys back into the lineup and getting some practice time with them. I think it really is starting to pay some dividends. And um, like the game against Utah, we, we haven't touched on it much because uh, the Milwaukee game has been so good. But that was one of their best performances of the season against a very good Utah team that, that's challenged a lot of contenders and good teams all throughout the season so i i think you're starting to see some of the the fruits of this homestand um and hopefully it continues because <laughs> the tough games don't stop here like toronto just a- ended the Knicks losing streak and, and they come to town on friday after that you have a massive game against brooklyn and and then you head on the road for two big divisional games like th- we're still in the thick of a very very important stretch for the cast
1: season justin i as um As tough of a matchup as I think Milwaukee is for us, I think they're the toughest matchup for us in the entire league just from a personnel perspective. I think we match up well against this Brooklyn team. I think so, Um, too. Uh, uh, But I'm also nervous. (laughs) Oh, sure. I mean, they're playing maybe the best basketball of anyone right now. They dropped 91 points and a half (laughs) today, which is high comedy. Um, we, we even played the Warriors at the, the wrong time of the year. Yeah. I'll tell you what, pal, we sure did. <laughs> um, but you know, like, uh, they, you know, they're playing amazing, but with between Mobley and Allen, I think we can really help protect the paint against them. Um, they do not rebound well. Uh, we are one of the best rebounding teams in the league right now. Um, and you know I think what it's we going enough- to be? It's going to be a real test for the offense
2: because Brooklyn's stretch here has been them getting back to basics and playing very good team defense, right? Like Claxton has taken a major step forward. Like you're going to have to really execute because even Kevin Durant, he's back to, you know, now that he has more help around him, he's playing a more balanced overall team game. He's able to provide that help defense. And I mean, we we can see a parallel there uh, to Donovan Mitchell coming from Utah, where he was asked to do too much and now that there's more support around him he's able to play a more well-rounded game right like I I think I, I think it, w- it was something that was overlooked when, when we talked about the possibility of Mitchell prior to the trade uh, certainly by myself but you have to consider team context when you look at all kind of like just the the box score numbers and okay well what are they doing on the defensive end like so much of it depends on who you have around you and right now Brooklyn is looking like a very complete team and it's going to be a real test for them.
1: Yeah, they they are uh playing awesome basketball. They're playing they're first off, they're also playing absolutely enormous lineups. Yeah. I mean, Ben Simmons, Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal, Kevin Durant, Nick Claxton. There's not a guy under six six on the floor there. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and they have you know some of the best shooting in the league. Um they've got great shot creation, but I think this Cavs team is particularly well built to guard isolation scorers, um, especially bigger isolation scorers with Mobley and Allen being able to switch so well, and they're not going to kill you on the offensive boards with the exception of Claxton. So I think it's a good matchup, and, man, if the Cavs can close out this December as strong as they've been playing in mid-December, like, this, this team might have the best record in the league at the end
2: of the month. It's very possible. I mean, this win is so significant too, just looking from a scheduling standpoint, because uh one, you prevented Milwaukee from getting the tiebreaker over you. Um, if the Cavs and Bucks split the season series and everyone holds serve at home uh division record is the next tiebreaker, which right now the Cavs are five and two in the uh central division and the Bucks are four and two in the central. Um, and then you look at who Milwaukee plays next. They play Brooklyn and then they pay, play Boston. Like no matter what, we're getting some help in the standings in those games, especially if we can take care of business against Toronto. But right now you're a game back at first and you're a game and a half up on the nets. Uh, if the nets loose, you have a little bit more breathing room. If the nets win, boy, we're going to be even more bunched up at the top of the Eastern conference. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of those results, but uh, you got a real chance here where the Bucks are either going to have uh, some wins and losses here against other teams that you're in the running against. And if you take care of business on this homestand and you beat Toronto and you beat Brooklyn, you are really giving yourself some breathing room and, and giving yourself like the opportunity to have a few off nights because it's going to happen. The Cavs are going to probably have another funk at some point. Um, you're, you're going to see the same overreactions we saw before. I, I still feel like I want to stick with my 53 win prediction just because I think there's the competition is so stiff. Like, look how good Orlando's playing right now. Look, there aren't any easy games any single night. So I, I think the more wins you can get, the the more you can take advantage of when you're healthy the better position you're going to be in to avoid a second half slide like we saw last year
1: yeah i mean the league is just bananas right now i mean there's five teams in the east within four games of the one seed Uh, in the west there are 10 teams within four games of the one seed (laughs) my god uh, so you know, like it is, it is just a hyper competitively right now. The Cavs are winning the games they're supposed to win, with the exception of you know a few outliers earlier in the month, mm-hmm. uh, earlier in this homestand. Um, but yeah, they they are. It's really coming together. I think they're getting to the point now where, you know, when they have their core four out there, they're just so hard to beat. You know, yeah. um, especially with it feels like Darius kind of finding his way again after that slump, um, as of late, and man and they're just they're just executing at a very very high level it's 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 really really exciting and as you mentioned they've cavalry is on the way things are not going perfectly Mm -hmm. uh kevin love's still got to get healthy ricky rubio uh should be back in tow so like if this is if this is the baseline yeah if if this is the baseline man it's hard not to feel really really good right now yeah and it's funny because after that Brooklyn
2: game, I just talked about how important division record is. You play Indy, then you play a back to back against Chicago. Like all of these games matter so much and it's hard to expect a team this young, uh, that's still trying to find his groove together to win all of these games. But man, like there isn't one that I, I can look at and be like, well, you know, if we drop that one, that's an okay set that game. Like all of these games matter. And Uh, I, I know you talked about this before, Carter, and I think it's one of your best points, but the addition of the play in tournament really did shrink the field to 12 teams because everyone is competing so hard to avoid being in that play in tournament. And I really do think that people people that still say that the NBA season doesn't start until football season is over. They have not watched the last couple of years. Like they've just completely missed the point because these games matter. You can tell these teams are trying harder than they used to at this time of year. And there's just so much meaning and so much significance. And I, I think ultimately it's making a better product because when teams are trying to this extent this at this point in the season, you're learning more about these teams, right? Like you're actually seeing teams grow or fall apart because of the pressure. And I, I think it contributes to the fact that we do see more talent in the league because the talent is forced to develop in all these meaningful games. It's, it's really, really exciting time to be a fan of the league. And it's just crazy that at a time where the standards have been raised so much in the NBA – our Cleveland Cavaliers are near the top of that mix. Like that's that's ridiculous. This is a this is a young young team that is still trying to find its groove together. Like it, it's th- this shouldn't be the case, but I love that it is.
1: Yeah, it just feels like kind of the second straight year where they're ahead of schedule. Um, yeah. Obviously, last year was the more um, surprising ahead of schedule, just because you know they were projected to win like thirty games, mm-hmm. but. With that said, like they're ahead of schedule again. You know, yeah. like Zach Lowe's talked about is like remember where a lot of really smart basketball analysts had this team going into the year. They said, you know, hey, they might get up to fifth or sixth, uh, if things break uh well. But they very just as easily could be a seven eight team, you know, fighting for the life in the play in. And right now, you know, obviously ton of season to go, but they're five and a half games out. Of the seven seed right now. They are comfy. Um, now obviously things can always break wrong. They can get banged up and, and they can kind of fall back. But you know, those projections were made assuming everything was going to be, you know, relatively flat across the way. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think that they, even if their title contention odds, maybe shouldn't change that much. Like the way we see them in the East standings certainly should.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've talked about it before, but just because, like, I think you and I would both pick Milwaukee or Boston in a series over the Cavs if that day came, but that doesn't mean you can't be better than them in the regular season. Know what the best way to avoid those teams are? Get the one seed. Get the get the damn one seed and make them fight each other. Like, let's let's give ourselves the easiest path, right? Like, sure, it may end up looking like a reverse Atlanta Hawks where uh, they get the one seed and then they run into the best player in the league that just takes over in a playoff series because he has more experience. And and that team's got championship DNA like we might be on the other side of that but that is absolutely a fantastic situation to put yourselves in. And that should be a goal, right? Like it, the regular season is a marathon. It's about consistency. It's not about who on paper or who, if you're having a discussion is the better team and, and we vote on which team's better, right? Like you have to go out and win these games. And, uh, I, I think it's in now, when you look at where the Cavs are and how they've managed this first, we're already past a third of the season. Um, they've put themselves in position to be in that conversation and, and to win one of these
1: home court seats, which is, is to me the most important thing right now. So I will, actually, you, you kind of brought up a topic that I was thinking about before we went live and I kind of forgot to get us there till now. So, you know, obviously the first two games against the bucks Cavs get out to a big lead and the bucks absolutely, you know, Bo Ray some in the third quarter uh, in this, in this game, the cabs, you know, get out to a big lead and the bucks come charging and the Cavs, you know, hang on, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, the tide was pulling, but we, we hung on to the docks, you know, um, I still don't feel like, I don't feel like the cabs, you know, have any sort of edge on Milwaukee right now. I think Milwaukee kind of right now knows they're the better team. Mm-hmm. And knows that they've that when they play well, they'll they'll you know they'll come out victorious. I don't feel the same way about the Celtics. I think the Celtics are a better team by you know every metric. Mm-hmm. But I think both the Cavs wins against the Celtics were very well earned and and did not feel like a result of you know any failure uh, on the on the part of, of Boston. I'm curious if you feel do you feel the same way? about facing the Celtics as you do the Bucks, Or do you have a team that you feel like, you know, do you feel like there is a differentiation? Because right now I do think there's a differentiation in terms of, not just in terms of matchup, but in terms of how the games have played out. And obviously it helps that the Cavs won most of their games against Boston so far, but I think it goes a little bit more than just that. Yeah.
2: You're, you're trying to bait me into slander. I, I can
1: tell you. I'm not trying to slander. <laughs> I think Boston would be favored and rightfully so. I would pick Boston in a series against the Cavs. But I don't feel I feel a little little brother energy right now against I, Milwaukee, and I do not feel that with with Boston. I, I do think there's a difference.
2: I, I think there's a difference in Giannis is the best player in the league, in my opinion. Um, No disrespect to Jason Tatum. I think he's having a fantastic season, but stopping Tatum is different than stopping Giannis, right? Like you're, all right, let's make In the sure. sense
1: that it's humanly possible. Yeah,
2: yeah, like you're contesting mid-range shots and, and everything that he does well, right? Like, and they still don't, like there just isn't that one unstoppable move that they can do. I, I made a joke on Twitter about running it up the middle with Giannis, but that's, that's what it is, right? Like he just comes at you over and over again. He's able to get you in foul trouble, which compromises what you do well defensively. Um, I, I think the Bucks are the best team and they did that. They they're this imposing without Chris Middleton. If Middleton is back, um, I think he makes them an even better team. And, uh, Joe Ingalls is going to get healthier and healthier. And I think he helps them a lot as another connector. They have so much shooting talent. They have the, the championship experience. Like I, I give them the edge for all of those reasons. When you're talking about those two teams, I feel like, Boston would be favored, but I do feel like the Cavs could upset Boston in a series. Like I, I think that that's a possibility if they play well. I I think there's I feel better about the ability of Donovan Mitchell to outplay Jason Tatum in a series than I do anyone on the Cavs outplaying Giannis, and um, like it's it's just one of those things where. You know, the, the championship matters. Like, I, I just, I give the Bucks a lot of credit. I, I just think that that's absolutely the best team in my eyes. And Boston, they they still can beat themselves every now and then. And it's easy to say that right now. They're on the middle of a losing streak. They lost back-to-back games against Orlando. They just lost to Indiana. Uh, so maybe that informs it. But even from, like, a playmaking standpoint, there there's not like that dynamic guard that that's so hard to contain that is really going to threaten what the calves um limitations are with point of attack defense with garland and mitchell right like i i feel uh, like mitchell
0: can stick with basically any of their guards there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you and when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Yeah, and I think that like it, this Boston team is just a higher variance team. They they have never in the past like three, four years, they don't get to the rent. Mm-hmm. They are not a team that lives and dies at the rim, which means that they're a team that lives and dies with jumpers. I think the Cavs are uniquely well positioned to, you know, lower an already low percentage of free, of field goal attempts at the rim and close out on, on threes without kind of, you know, breaking the integrity of the defense. Mm. And ultimately I think here's, here's like the simplest way to put it. I think if Milwaukee plays a really good game, the Cavs won't win. <laughs> You know, like, like I think if Milwaukee collectively is like on their a game, the Cavs will not win that game right now. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, there's a lot of growth over the course of the season that maybe that could change that. But right now, that's where I feel. I think if the I think if the Cavs bring in their a game and the Celtics bring their a game, it's like maybe a 55-45 in favor of Boston. And like, and, like, that is super exciting, given how freaking good this Boston team is right now.
2: Yeah, I'd probably give them a little bit more, but uh, I, I would assume that if you talk to a Boston fan about those two losses... Yeah, they would they,
1: hate this bit, by the way. They well, would hate this.
2: <laughs> honestly, they, they would probably feel about those two losses to the Cavs, similar to how we feel about the two losses to the Raptors. Like, okay, like, it, it's circumstantial, but we feel like we're the better team, and we're, we're pretty comfortable with that. Maybe they feel a little differently because the Cavs are... Up in the standings, not at the bottom of the play-in uh, like Toronto is right now. But I mean, Toronto's got OG back, right? And they just went to overtime against Philly and beat the Knicks' losing streak, so they're they're looking better. But I I don't think that they look at those losses as something like threatening. But it, it's kind of interesting because with the talent being up across the league, I feel like. We're getting back to the point where matchups really matter. It's almost like the the rock, paper, scissors of playoff matchups where one team, just because one team can beat another team doesn't necessarily mean that they do well against this other team. And um, like, um, I, I definitely feel like Boston would have a better chance of beating Milwaukee than we do. I assume you agree with yes,
1: that. Yes, I yeah. would agree with that. Yeah,
2: so I, I mean, more incentive to try to get the one seed and make them beat up on each other, um, have it be Godzilla versus Kong there, and uh, uh, we'll we'll take whatever is left. Um, but yeah, man, like it's it's really really interesting, I, and I I do feel like the Cavs are well positioned, but it's going to come down to experience, and I I think that that inexperience has shown itself throughout the season. I think it's reflected in some of the Cavs' inconsistency, but. It's not like they're, we're the only team that's shown inconsistency, right? Like that's. Yeah, we're one game out of the best record in the league. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, I, I know it's so easy to fall back on narratives and cliches when you discuss basketball, right? Like uh, when we struggle on the road, it's, oh, well, you know, young teams struggle on the road. But at the same time, everybody does, right? Like that's why I point out that the Cavs have the second best net rating on the road. Like sometimes net rating, when you have this big of a sample size already, that could be more indicative of how good a team is than the win-loss record, really, right? Like it it's not something that's unique to the Cavs, but at the same time, you want to go out and you want to execute, you don't want to have those letdown games and you want to keep testing yourself, right? And I think the Cavs are still at a position where they're playing against themselves because when they play at their best and they're firing on all cylinders, they can beat anyone. Like Evan Mobley didn't
1: have a, a great game tonight. Uh, I think I the foul. Think it, I think you call it a, a you know a, a tough game. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he had five fouls, barely could get on the floor because of it. You know, I don't think had a a, a bad game by any means, but wasn't a really around enough to to have a good one. You know, right? But, um, but my point is, like in, yeah. in
2: terms of was this an A plus game from the Cavs? It wasn't but they still beat what we believe to be the best team in the league. Right. Like, and we've seen Mobley have very big games against the bucks with holiday, with, with Middleton, with Giannis, right? Like he, he's done this before. And I love the fact, um, I thought he was great against, uh, Utah. I love that when he gets a mismatch or when, when he has a smaller defender on him, he's going through their chest. Like he had a, a, finish in the fourth quarter where he, uh, put his body into Giannis and hooked over him. like, that's the type of stuff that's so damn exciting to me. I love the fact that he's not hesitating and still taking three-pointers. Um, I love the fact that he's hitting clutch three-pointers. Like, he just seems to, to rise to those occasions. And uh, I'm, I'm just very excited about his growth. So um, when it comes to how do we measure up against these teams, it's going to be dictated by how much growth this young team shows throughout the course of the regular season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And how good, you know, the, the players that are, and waiting right now, come back and return, you know? If Rubio is 95% of last season's Rubio, then, man, that's a real floor and ceiling raiser for this team. You know, if if uh, Dean Wade comes back and his jumper is looking like it looked at the start of the season, that's a real ceiling raiser for this team. Um, you know, they, they have all these le- little levers that they could still pull that would that could, you know, meaningfully change the trajectory of the team. Um, for good or worse, yeah, and it'll be really interesting to see kind of how those things play out. Obviously, you know, I wouldn't expect a 100 percent hit rate on you know all things that are up in the air the rest of the year going the Cavs way. That's just not how it works. But if enough of them hit, and you know the 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 best part about this four star, uh, you know this core four is that them alone, they they are stability for you. You yeah. know, they they can they can function as your, as your floor. Um, You know, with those four guys eating 37 minutes a night apiece, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, you don't need a lot else to go right to be a good team. I think that's what we've seen uh, this season. Uh, And on the nights where things are going right, you know, whether that's Jetty against Utah in the fourth quarter, the team won't lose. Mm -hmm. They just won't lose. So like, finding more players who can just kind of go off on a given night is going to be really, really valuable uh, for for kobe moving forward and i think that's got to be you know his number one priority uh whether it's on the current roster or you know uh, you know out in the marketplace
2: god I, f- I forgot
1: that trade
2: deadline is
1: even a thing man i'm
2: i'm excited to have Ricky back i when when i saw the report of like, i'm
1: gonna smile big when he gets on the floor for the first time
2: i i had a big dumb smile and i like I was thinking back to that picture of Ricky being really frustrated on the court and like Garland draped off him. I think it was Garland and Jetty, uh, just kind of like lifting him up and just what he meant to the team. Like I'm, I'm getting really excited. I'm, I'm really happy that he's going to be a part of this
1: thing. Cause that small stretch of basketball really meant a lot to me as a fan. And remember, uh, on, uh, on the road back, uh, to start the year, uh, they were, you know, they asked all the players about what they were looking to get out of the season. And, Ricky was the only one who, uh, you know, put it all on the table and said, I'm here to win a championship. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we know what he's got his eyes on.
2: Yeah. We, hey, we've got uh,
1: him on a three
2: year deal here. Let's let's try to get him one over this stretch. That'd be pretty damn cool. Uh, we should before we wrap this thing up, Carter, we should give holiday wishes because this will be our last uh, podcast uh, for a little bit. I think we'll be back after the Brooklyn game on Monday. Doesn't that work for you.
1: Yeah, it seems like a good time. Let's, we can plan this live. I think uh, Monday makes a lot of sense. Yeah, let, let, let's do that. Let's do Monday. So want to thank all of our listeners for all the
2: support over this last year. You guys have been absolutely fantastic. Uh, whether you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it is, I, I wish you all the happy holidays and all the best. Um, also, just want to add, like, this is a really tough time of year for a lot of people, I, I know even for me, I, I deal with seasonal depression a lot, check up on your people. And and if you're one of those people that is going through a hard time in the holidays, don't be afraid to reach out to your friends. Um, reach out to people, there's more people that care about you than you know. And uh, it's uh, don't don't make it harder on yourself. Because I, I, I find I, I try to shut myself in. And sometimes all it is, is just texting somebody saying, Hey, I'm in a bad place, you want to hang out and uh, it can make a big difference. Carter? Absolutely, buddy. You got any you. uh wishes for our listeners?
1: Oh, I uh, you know, I'm going to put just, you on uh, the spot now. <laughs> sure, after your after your beautiful um piece, I'll just say uh yeah, happy holidays to everyone. Thank you so much for supporting the pod. Uh I'm so glad this team is giving us something to root for and uh hope everyone has a good time with their family, friends or even getting a little uh much needed alone time. You know, whatever it might be that you need, I hope you're getting it
2: absolutely love you buddy and love all of our listeners big thanks for all the support you guys give if you're watching on youtube you can like subscribe click notification bell so you know when we're going live if you're listening via podcast leave us a rating leave a review subscribe unsubscribe resubscribe and help cook those books if you want to be part of Chase Down's exclusive discord chat send a screenshot of that review to chasedownpod at gmail.com however you choose to support us we really do appreciate it make sure you guys are staying safe out there until next time go